0: So I think it's safe to say that if we did a poll of any group of people that have any level of familiarity with the Bible, even non-Christians, of what passages of Scripture were the most familiar to them, we would definitely have a top two come right off the list. John 3.16 and Psalm 23. Okay, I think, I think that's, those are at the very top. These passages have great familiarity, but it seems like that in these times, it's not often we hear the 23rd Psalm except at funerals. It feels a bit like it's been swept away into the closet of our lives, much like the fire extinguisher in the glass case that reads, break only in case of emergency. What I'd like to do tonight is show that this wonderful psalm can help you on each and every day, or as they say, on all the days that end in Y. The Reformation Study Bible has a wonderful comment regarding the 23rd Psalm. It says that the image of God as shepherd is inexhaustibly rich. And I can only wonder to guess how many times the 23rd Psalm has been used over thousands of years to provide comfort and confidence to God's people in funerals, beside hospital beds, and from the pulpit. How often we think Jesus referred to Himself in that shepherd role, such as in John chapter 10, where He describes Himself as the good shepherd and tells us just how far He will go for His sheep in that role as their shepherd that He loves. Even now, more than 2,000 years later, in a culture and a society that doesn't resemble the society of of the ancient Bible times, it looks so much different, we can understand and identify with God's shepherd leaders like Moses, the shepherd, leading God's people in and through the wilderness, David, the shepherd boy, who became king and leading the nation of Israel, both of whom pointed to the Good Shepherd, Jesus, the Lord and King of His church, the Shepherd of His people. What I want you to see tonight in these six short verses is Christ in five different roles, five ways that our Great Shepherd cares for His children. We see Him as the provider. We see Him as the sustainer. We see him as the protector. We see him as the victor. And we see him as the finisher. So right now, if you turn with me, I want to read the 23rd Psalm. Maybe you don't even have to turn to it. I hope you know it by heart. I want to read it though just so I don't mess it up. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May God add his blessings to the reading, hearing, and preaching of his word. So this is part two of a sermon that I preached here back in January. And I started, I covered role number one, which was the provider, which is what I call the provider. And I had plans to cover the other four roles in future sermons. But what I've decided to do is different than what I originally intended. What I want to do tonight is put it all in one sermon. And look, by looking at the five roles briefly as they're shown in the text, and then apply this by considering all five roles as a combined unit instead of trying to do a deep dive into each role separately. So I want to roll this all up into one. So I guess if you were here for the first one, this is a redo. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm going to cover that again. So what we see is, we see the Lord, we see Christ in five different roles. The provider in verse number one. We see the sustainer in verses two and three. We see the protector in verse four. We see the victor in verse five. And then we see the finisher in verse six. So first, the provider. According to Sinclair Ferguson, the Hebrew verb that David uses here means to lack nothing. It's the same word used to describe describe God's provision for the Israelites during their wilderness wanderings. In other words, the Lord will provide everything we need, and we are to daily trust Him for that. Matthew Henry's comments are very helpful here. When he says about this particular verse... He says, more is implied than is expressed. Not only I shall not want, but I shall be supplied with whatever I need. And if I have not everything I desire, I may conclude it is either not fit for me or not good for me, or I shall have it in due time. That's what it means to not want. And the Apostle Paul helps us to sharpen our understanding of Christ as our provider. When writing to the church at Philippi as he was in a prison cell, the entire epistle shows us how to be content with whatever situation that God has placed us in and with what he has given us. In Philippians 4.19, he concludes this letter by saying, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Christ's role as a shepherd provider gives us everything we need. Everything we need, not necessarily everything we want. In verse 2, I'm sorry, roll number 2, which is verses 2 and 3. and we'll reread those verses. Verses 2 and 3. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So what is a sustainer? Well, our text shows this in a vivid illustration that needs little explanation. The picture of the pastures and the quiet, still waters. This is one of those passages where the preacher needs to realize sometimes that your clever words fall short of what you really wish to accomplish. And as they say, less is more. The picture speaks for itself. When we ponder the lovely picture that's painted here for us, we should be left with feelings of peace, rest, and comfort, of being loved and cared for in both a physical and a spiritual sense. But what should be of keen interest to us in the midst of our gaze at this beautiful picture is that while God does indeed sustain us, He does it with a purpose in mind. While we sit in awe and wonder, he's doing what only God can do. We are sustained and restored for the purpose of pursuing righteousness for the Lord's purposes. We may not often know the full extent of these purposes, but we can take additional comfort and peace knowing that God is using us to accomplish his own perfect and eternal will, and that is what he sustains us for, to do his will. As our sustainer. In verse 4, we see the picture of Christ in his role as protector. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Whether it comes... As physical or spiritual from others or ourselves, we are engaged in a constant battle. And it is a great comfort to know that without a shadow of a doubt, God is for us and not against us. Although, if we are honest, we sometimes question just whose side He really is on. But in this verse, it's easy to focus on the tools, the rod and the staff. When we see the shepherd here protecting the sheep, it provides us with the visual image of the Lord beating back the wolves with the rod and guiding the flock to safety with his staff. But just as important as the shepherd's tools here is the other thing he tells us that he uses to protect us. His presence. His presence. In Matthew 28 20, Jesus' departing words were that he would always be with us, even to the end of the age. One of the names used for Christ, Emmanuel, means God with us. He is with us. We should not be surprised that our great shepherd is always there for us. We do not have to worry about the response time to our 911 call to God. Because he transcends time. He was there. He is there. And he will always be there for us. His people. And he's there for us because of his great love for us. In verse 5, which reads as follows prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. As great as Hebrew poetry can be, sometimes the images are difficult to translate into our 21st century society. As badly as I wanted to come up with a modern day illustration, I couldn't come up with one. And I think in cases like this, it's best to not try and force a round peg into a square hole. So let's just use the image as it stands. In short, the picture here is of a victory banquet or a celebration. In antiquity, these celebrations were done in the presence of the enemies in order to reinforce who was defeated and in addition to who was being honored. However, this is not just any victory celebration. It is the one that places the believer in Christ as the honored guest of the banquet. I believe that the primary image being shown here is is of the defeat of sin in our lives. In other words, our salvation in Christ. It's accomplished by the shepherd who defeats the enemy and hosts the celebration, all done for us as his guest of honor. When we think of it like this, we should begin to better understand the image of our cup really runneth over. Our salvation provided by him for us, all all in his doing. In verse 6, we see Christ in the role of the finisher. Verse 6 reads, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you have ever supervised or employed people, or if you've also had children, you know that getting people to complete a job or a task is no small feat. It can be one of the most frustrating things we have to deal with. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy in this regard. I don't know about you, but in my case, (laughs) my work areas in my office or in my shop are always crowded with half-finished products of all manner and sort. My wife would confirm this, okay? (laughs) It seems that human nature is to get started on something and then have difficulties or lose interest in the project, leaving behind a mountain of things we really need to get back to to complete. We can be this same way in our spiritual lives. I'll spare you by not asking for a show of hands of those who have started to read the Bible through but have quit before completing it. We're probably all on that list, at least one one time or other. It reminds me of New Year's resolutions and how that goes with most of us. The good news here is that our Savior Shepherd is the finisher par excellence. He gets the job done. And praise God for that because none of us could ever do it on our own. Only our great Savior-Shepherd, the Lord Jesus, can take pitiful, weak vessels like us and guarantee to bring us all the way home, despite our sinful ways and our backsliding. Listen to the words of Christ in the Gospel of John in verse 10, chapter 10, verses 27 to 30. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And just a few pages over in John chapter 19, verse 30 just a couple verses after the passage uh, that was preached on this morning in worship. When Jesus had received the sour wine, He said, It is finished. And He bowed His head and He gave up His spirit. And if you want further assurance that the Lord is going to get the job done, you can always go to the the best example of that 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 I know of. In Romans chapter 8. Christian, you can take your rest in the good shepherd, the one who rose from the dead. He will get the job done. As we close, I want you to think about three points of application tonight as we look at this brief psalm. First, Christ is the shepherd and his children are his sheep. His sheep know his voice and follow him. I want to ask you tonight if you know His voice. Is Christ your own shepherd? If not, tonight is the time to turn to Him, to repent and ask Him to save you. There has never been a person who repented and turned to Christ who has ever been turned away. He will bring you into His fold now and He will never, ever let you go. Secondly, This week, I want you, I want to issue you a challenge to reread this psalm. It won't take you long. And I want you to consider the five roles that we discussed tonight the provider, sustainer, protector, victor, and the finisher. Which one do you need the most this week? Ponder them, think about them, dwell on them. And as you do that, do you have a favorite? Sometimes we identify more closely, and it may change over time. But if you have a fa- do you have a favorite? I do. And if you take the time this week to think about it, and you come back to me later to tell me which one you like the best, I'll be glad to share mine with you. Even though this is a short psalm, it is packed full, and the last point of application is even though this is a short psalm and it's packed full of imagery that has comforted God's people for thousands of years and continues to do so today, I wanted to try to come up with a way to shorten the psalm, not because it needs to be shortened, but to try and capture the essence in just a few words. After some time, I've come up with the following 15 words. 15 words that I think are easy to memorize, to ponder, to dwell on, and even to lean on in those moments when we're scared, when we're nervous, and when we need to have the ability to recall God's precious promises, but we forget. Does that ever happen to anybody here besides me? Alright, of course it does. You know, when we get pushed up against the wall, that's when we need something to be able to recall. So maybe this will help you. It's going to help me. And so when we've lost the ability to recall those precious promises and comforts God has given, here is Psalm 23 in 15 words that you already know but may not have thought of in this way. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's the beginning of the psalm and it's the end of the psalm. And we can think about how it shows the Lord in these different roles as He works in our lives. That, that's the meat. Okay, That's how He does it. We can read that and we can see it in our minds. He paints this imagery for us that we can see and bring into our hearts to understand. But when we get pushed, when push comes to shove, and we need to know the crux of the psalm, because of the meat that's in the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23 is a psalm for life, for every day that ends in Y, not just for funerals. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank You that You speak to us at all, and, and not only that, but you speak to us in ways that we can comprehend and that we can use during these, all the times of our life. Father, I pray that you would use these words to that end tonight, that you would bless us, and that you would bless your own glory and your own name. We pray these things in Christ's most holy name. Amen.